The technology landscape is exploding, and it has never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. There's so much information out there, it can be hard to know where to start or who to trust. Your host, David Paul, is a seasoned venture capital investor that has founded his own investment firm, DWP Capital. He's a straight shooter that cuts through all the noise to bring you real and authentic conversations with investors, founders, and operators in the startup ecosystem. Join him each week to stay current with today's trends and get smarter about startups and tech investing. Hey, everybody, this is David Paul, the host of the Capital Stack podcast, where we talk to founders, entrepreneurs, and investors about all things value creation and startups. Today, I am talking to Adam Greenbaum, the founder and CEO of Whisker Cloud and the host of the podcast Whisker Talks. Adam, how you doing? What's happening? You're in my house. I'm in your house. I'm really close to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If everyone saw sort of how we got this microphone in between us and the camera, this has been quite the journey today. Yeah. I think uh, you misled me when you said you had a whole setup. Like your, your whole setup means I've got one microphone and we're both like talking to it and like looking each other intimately in the eyes. Very close. <laughs> you know, I always think too, it's like you record a podcast, you never wear pants because you're at home. <laughs> <laughs> It's just weird that you're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just two guys with no pants and a microphone in between us. Yeah, that's life. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. You just sold your company. You, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the company, and we'll go on from there. I'm a genius. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Agreed. Now I'm uh, born and raised in Vegas. You know, I was head of marketing for a few startups and companies growing up. Um, once a marketing award, just, I was doing social media when social media was like, not actually a real thing. Like the first Facebook pages ever was kind of working on that stuff. And, and, uh, worked for advertising agencies, a couple healthcare companies. And yeah, I had this idea. I love my dogs. Shit. My shirt says dog person on it. You, you've met my dogs. They both kicked you in the nuts a couple times already today. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, yeah, I had this idea for veterinary medicine and wanting to create a technology for the space and create a technology for pet owners to easily get appointments and fill out forms online because filling out forms in person uh, makes me want to scream. So we've kind of solved that for you know, thousands of vets worldwide. And uh, yeah, so that's me now. I did just sell the company, which was uh, a wild journey for me, but an exciting one. So you, so you essentially have a marketing background. You're a, you know, quote unquote growth hacker, yeah. right? You like to create value. And did you work in the startup space before uh, you, you jumped into building your own business? Yeah. I, so I was at a startup called Havenly. They've raised, you know, $85 million now as a third employee there. Awesome team. Um, you know, I was there, that was, I, I was kind of part of, I was part of lasvegas.com with LVCVA, which was just, you know, government, huge marketing, the city of Las Vegas. I was the head of marketing for a couple of healthcare organizations at some agencies. And you know, when I was at Havenly, I was part of 500 startups and, you know, you're there and you kind of see the day to day and you're thinking like, wow, this shit's chaotic. I could do this for myself and it'll be just as chaotic, but maybe I'll get rich. So mm -hmm. that was kind of how I saw it. And to be honest, they might be watching this, but whatever. So the, when I got to Havenly, they had these two dipshits who were doing their marketing for them. Mm -hmm. they, they were paying thousands of dollars a month. They were doing nothing for us. And I thought, well, hold up. If these two guys 
it made me sound horrible to call them dipshits, but why? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, they are. No, they that's, didn't care. That's your truth. Yeah, and <laughs> and these well, these guys like didn't give a shit. They right. didn't care. They they didn't set up proper tracking. So I come in. I'm like, are you tracking this? They're like, oh no. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you be? So I thought, okay, if these guys could get nice startup owner to give them five thousand dollars a month, I I could go find ten, mm -hmm. and I could probably get more than five thousand. So I left, and I found a lot more than ten. Started an agency, did well, ended up flipping that into starting Whisker Cloud. So Whisker Cloud was bootstrapped. You know, before I got out, I got it to about three, three and a half million ARR bootstrap, you know, small team, sort of me for six and a half years, putting the whole thing on my back and saying, let's just, let's just go and do this thing. And it's been, uh, it's been cool. So now we're on the other side of that. Right. And so being a digital agency it's a hard business, right? I mean, it's a oh, service it's, business. It's endlessly hard. Every day is hard. But so. being a vertically focused agency is a way to get better scale. Well, yeah. I mean, basically what Whisker Cloud is, and this isn't even a bad thing. This was actually the best way to do it. It's it's an agency that acts as a SaaS company. I mean, we do have recurring revenue. We are a subscription service and we do have you know, tons of add-ons where you can get the MRR doubled pretty quick. Um, all of these services are really important. And I think that that's what makes it so great. Uh, but yeah, I, I think for us, you know, we constantly lived in this world where it is a digital agency who is acting as a software company, which there's some identity issues sometimes, especially when you work with larger enterprise groups and you're not just working with a single customer. Uh, but I think we were able to figure out the scale of that and, and, and figure out a way to segment, you know, based on the size of our customer's business and, and serve everyone. Mm -hmm. And why, why that? Well, you know, vets because my love of dogs. You know, I moved to Ve uh, Vegas. I moved to Denver from Vegas uh, years ago, 2013, 2014, something like that. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to find a vet for my dogs. And man, it was just, it's just crazy. It's like every website sucked. Mm -hmm. I'm weird. If a restaurant has a bad website, I assume if your website's bad, like, your chefs don't wash their hands after they go to the bathroom. Yeah, you're a terrible person yeah. if you're yeah. a shitty website. Yeah, shitty website. You don't care about conversion. You don't care about how you look to the public. You're not going to care how you feel when I get you there. You probably cheat on your wife. Yeah, cheat on your wife. Um, just a real scumbag in general. <laughs> real yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. So I think for I think for me it was like, no, I'm not going to let you care for my animals mm -hmm. if if you can't even give a shit about how your website looks. So, you know, I, I said, I'm going to fix it. Plus I had a couple clients who were real estate agents um, with my agency. And there was another company that sort of did something similar for real estate agents. And I reached out to them and had some chats with them. And I'm thinking, shit, this was smart. I can do the same thing for vets. And I did it. I mean, I remember I had my agency. I remember firing my biggest customer at the time. It was a, it was a standing desk company and they were, and I remember firing them and thinking, you fuck you. I can go do this myself. I don't need you guys. And mm -hmm. that's what I did. Awesome. Yeah. And so you were able to get some kind of repeatable processes with vets, the, the language, the talk track, the sales track was the same. Yeah. I was new to vet med, but I also, I know how to sell marketing and advertising. And I, you know, I figured out a way to make the website scalable. You know, you want to go, if someone said, Hey, I'm going to go build you a website right now. You want a good website. It would be five, 10 grand. If you want something really good, mm -hmm. we were doing it for a thousand. We discount it to get people in the door. We were doing it for a thousand bucks. So we take the loss. It's like the iPhone model. You take the loss on the site, but you get them to sign up under contract and you get them to use your services and the services are a great value. But for us, we were never, I mean, that was what I dealt with in my agency. It's, 
we had a lot of people who were on monthly retainer, but we also had a lot of people who'd get a $8,000 website and we'd get the check and then here's your website. We never hear from them again. Mm -hmm. Or we'd hear from them in six weeks when they were like, help, I tried to do this and I broke the site. Right. Like, well, you're stupid. Don't do that. So, so yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, like any website on earth, whether you have a vet website or you're a, you know, like think of it like this. If you're an e-commerce company, Nike, Nike probably has 50 to hundred people that manage just their website. And, and I think whether you're a vet or a dentist or whatever, you don't realize that like a website needs pretty constant monitoring. So Whisker Cloud with, you know, thousands of websites and landing pages, we monitor it. We were just able to figure out the scale of that. Mm -hmm. So And so um, that's interesting because I, you know, I've owned a couple, a couple agencies uh, in my, in my day, they've all been dumpster fires. I think one of the main reasons is, is because we never actually verticalized and niche down to get anything, yeah. you know, kind of scale. The second thing we really got hurt on was uh, scope creep on websites. And I mean, a website's a very personal thing to yeah. people and to get people to give you the content that that's, that's to their, to their practice and the right tone and the right pictures. Like it's a nightmare. Yeah, it, it is a nightmare. And it's, and even now for us, seven years later, like we have to beg for pictures. <laughs> no, I mean, and it's, and and it's shitty pictures. Like, oh, and yeah. it's not good quality and it sucks. And I know that our customers will be watching this, but it's okay. Like it's frustrating because like the thing I say to a lot of people and I, and I think like every person who has, who owns a startup or owns a business should probably think about this. It's like, think about how you want to be represented online. If you're going to make the conscious choice to come hire a company to build you a custom website and like do some cool shit for you, the least you could do is go take some good photos. Mm -hmm. Or even if you don't want to take good photos, you have decent photos, you know, be part of it. It's like, you know, I, I say this a lot. Sometimes people will sign up with us and we'll say, so, you know, we haven't filled out a survey. What do you want? What type of mood and tone? They'll just write like whatever you want. No, don't do that. If I go out to dinner tonight, I go to Mastro's Crystal Cove tonight and I open the menu and I say to the waiter, give me what you want. Well, I already know what he's going to bring. He's going to bring me the most expensive steak on the menu. I don't eat steak. So that's going to be weird. Right. Don't ever you just wouldn't do that in any situation you wouldn't go to the movie theater and you know you wouldn't say to the movie ticket person like pick a movie for me you just no. wouldn't do this shit so no. you shouldn't do it with your business or your website it's never gonna look right no and it's and it's just not gonna be a good representation of you so it could be the most beautiful website on earth for us to get a crazy dog person someone who's crazy enough to be on your podcast while wearing a shirt that says dog person um you know like for me, my dog who's sleeping behind you right now, it's like, it's my kid, that mm -hmm. dog. I'll take a bullet for that dog right now. If I look at your website and I don't see a picture of the doctor, I don't see a picture of how nice the hospital is, I'm not coming in. I was at the vet two nights ago with them. I got senior blood work for both dogs. I do it every three months. It's $800. Mm -hmm. The vet told me you're nuts. I know I'm nuts, but... I've had a family member who recently lost a German shepherd, like out of the blue because they just didn't know that they something didn't do the came preventive yeah. blood work. Well, they did, but not every three months they right. did a good job, but it didn't matter because, you know, so for me, I'm like, it's worth 800 bucks every three months. But why, why shouldn't a vet say that? Why shouldn't they and like for you, your business, whatever, you know, if you're watching this, whatever your business is, sometimes you just have to say, Hey, we can do that. I think people are afraid of selling. People are afraid of sticker shock. Well, don't mm -hmm. be afraid of sticker shock. Like for me, they're like, you know, and I told our vet the story of what happened to Justin's dog. And they were like, 
yeah, well, this is probably what you'd have to do to beat that. I'm like, great, let's do it. And they're like, no, that'll be like $3,200 a year. I'm like, and? Right. Yeah. Um, I don't care. Let's do it. So last night, my wife and I on the couch, vet calls. Both dogs are good. Great. They're 12 and 10. And I know for the next 90 days, I have peace of mind. And, I'll, and we'll do this again in 90 days. So, you know, I, I think for any business, it's just like if you're willing to present yourself well online and we do more, we do websites, we do marketing, we do SEO, we do social media, we do graphics. So we do a lot of stuff. We just found a niche, verticalized it, figured out a way to add, you know, have add-ons that were very valuable to the business, but also helped us grow MRR considerably over time. Because if you can release a cool touch, that's, you know, even 20 to 50 bucks in MRR, but you get a thousand people to do it. That's, I mean, everyone here can do math, I hope. So yeah, it's great. So how did, did you know at the time that this was going to be like one of the hottest, you know, industries within private equity, within venture capital back in, you know, in 2020, 2021? Yeah, I did not. That was, I think that was cool. I mean, yeah, I started this in 2016 and, and I, and I started to really feel that may 2019, 2020. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and yeah, I mean the last couple of, well, it's funny too. It's cause it's like, you know, I'm in business five, six years, I'm doing well. And then all of a sudden I'm getting phone calls daily mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm getting calls where people are like, here's a check. Like you write the amount in. So I'm thinking, okay, so we have something here. Um, yeah, I, I kind of think pets, you know, you think pets, you know, it's getting more popular. I mean, it sounds really bad, but COVID like hit the nose on whisker cloud. I mean, we, I think we doubled in size in a year and a half. Because people had to go look more online for pet stuff. So what we did is we were actually in the process of building out like a product for curbside check-in mm. and we were going to sell it. We were prepared for that. And then it was, you know, March, Friday, March 13th, they come to us at our office and here in Newport beach, they say, you got to go now. So I'm like, Oh my God, this is really bad. I'm sitting there watching the news. I'm on my couch watching the local LA news. They say, California's lockdown. These are the five things you can do. It's like, you can go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. There's one other thing. And the third thing was like, you can take your pet to the vet. And I looked at my wife, I'm like, game over. I said, I said, we're, we're going to be so good here by Monday. That was Friday night. By Monday, I had like branded and, and had emails ready for all this curbside shit. And we had ads running just 24 seven to vets, just like, you're going to have to go curbside. Your current website's a piece of shit. You're going to need to get people to check in. You're going to need some of these notifications. We will build that. We'll get your site up in a couple of weeks. You will have digital forms. You will have strong SEO. You will have great ads and you will grow your business during this. And they all did. I mean, every one of our, in fact, most of our customers, all of that med right now is actually seeing like a, a big downturn in revenue because COVID numbers were just insane yeah. because, because you're there sitting was here. Pull through. Yeah. I, yeah. And you're sitting at home. Like I I've been working at home since then. Um, and you know, I'm sitting here with my dogs all day and I'm thinking I'm watching them. I'm like, mm, they don't look good. I'm going to go to the yeah. vet. Yeah. It's, my, dog, it, my, my dog's farting way too yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's $80 to go get a quick checkup on yeah. both. Fuck it. It's 80 bucks. Let's go. So that's what we do. Nice. So, yeah. And so uh, you you're getting hit up by a lot of private equity venture capital folks. Oh yeah. Um, by the way, like just speaking about the curbside check-in, <laughs> you know, like it's unbelievable that today, let's say Q2 or ending Q2 of 2022, that curbside is still being used. And I know nobody gives a shit about COVID anymore. It's no. li it's literally because 
they're understaffed and they want people out of their waiting room. Yeah, they, I don't think they want people in the waiting room. But you know what? I think that's like, why wouldn't you promote that? I mean, I right. think that vets need to figure out, and I've said this a lot. It's like, you need to figure out that like from like eight to five, you can do X, but there's so many other ways to do it. And if you could do curbside, if you don't have to sit there, and I know this sounds horrible because I think a lot of vet med is like relationship with the pet parents, but it's like, if I don't have to sit there and have Adam Greenbaum talk my ear off for 20 minutes about his bulldogs, you know, like I, I might be able to get two people into that same time slot. Yeah. And if I get, if I get like, you know, this woman's always fighting with us when it's time for checkout. If that checkout can just happen online, get them out the door. Great. Why do yeah. I want to deal with it? I mean, dog people, pet people, they're crazy. Oh yeah. I'm nuts. Yeah. We're crazy. I'm what? crazy too. I'm wearing a dog people. <laughs> My shirt says dog person on it. You get, you get senior blood work three times a year. Four. Yeah. Four. I mean, I'm nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. And like, and we're all chatty and we all want to talk about dogs and cats yeah. and stuff. And you know, the, there's only so many front desk people and we're all emotional. You know, oh, yeah. and it's it's one of those things that uh, you got to keep people through. It's amazing how they kept that and they kept it going. No, I mean, I just wish they get yeah. honest with about it and just say it's not about COVID. It's just this is our new policy. Well, <laughs> I, I think that I mean, there is a there is a serious battle in the world. I don't think it's just vet men. I think a lot of people and their customers have issues. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Let's do it. Don't, don't hijack my show, by the way. Yeah. I ask you the questions. <laughs> so I ask this question when I'm interviewing sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I always look like a real asshole. What, what percentage of people on earth, your target audience is going to be in the good area for this, but what percentage of people on earth, on earth are highly above average thinkers, critical thinkers in life who, who just do things the right way or smart people who I, it's, it's kind of hard to ask this question. It's basically like, okay, there's an average, there's a reason that presidential speeches are at a third grade level. Mm -hmm. So like when I do marketing, we do marketing at like a second or third grade level, not because vets are stupid because you're supposed to make it quick and easy, mm -hmm. but like of all humans on earth, what percentage of people do you think are like top notch smart people? Uh, I would say critical thinkers, maybe 20%. I see that's, that's much higher than I would say. Mm -hmm. But even that, I mean, most people that give me the answer are always like 50. I'm like, no, 50 would be average because right. that's the middle. So right. it can't be 50. Right. That wouldn't make sense. Um, yeah. I mean, I always think it's like 5% mm -hmm. that are just like, you know, but like, that's not a bad thing. It no. comes off like a bad thing, but no, it's not. There can't, you know, good can't be good if there's not bad. There can't right. be great. Not everyone can be great. There's one LeBron James, and then there's ten other scrubs on the Lakers. Yeah. That's how it is. So there's one David Paul. Yeah, there's right. one David Paul, and then there's just <laughs> yeah. billions. Really, A seven. Yeah, yeah, seven point yeah. nine 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 billion morons. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I mean, I think for vets and for any business, it's like down here in Newport Beach. You were up here today. I don't know. Do you know the area well? Not really. Okay. It's a nice area. There's money here. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many businesses went under? Like nice restaurants went under. Not many. Oh, like all of them. Really? And I, so for those, well, they're watching, I live by the Balboa Peninsula. You know, it's nice. There's a lot of big houses, a lot of big boats down there. This is a really cool area, but you had these really nice restaurants who literally just closed their doors during COVID. It's so interesting to me because like, a couple days into COVID, my wife and I tried to go pick up food. Everything was closed. Nothing was open for months. And I'm thinking, you know, if I'm a restaurant, you'd have to kill me first. But it's like, 
you know, no one had an app to order food. No one had like a takeout thing. So there's this really nice restaurant around the corner here. Really fucking cool. Great food. The owner's from Italy. He brought this oven from Italy. It's like some of the best pizzas. So we're like, we went over there. It was just so funny because he was still open, but the place was empty. And I'm like, where's all the people? He's like, you tell me. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, well, there's this virus that's <laughs> scary. I and I so I tried to call and I'm like, can we get food? And he was like, oh, you're gonna have to come over here. I'm thinking like, dude, no one's gonna do that. Have right. a fucking app where I can order food. Right. So I think like I wish I owned like the toast app because I think a lot of restaurants figured out toast, but I think a lot of restaurants went under and a lot of businesses went under because they didn't figure out how do we make this easier? Where for vets, we were the thought leaders in saying, hey, how hard is it for someone to come to your site and say like, I'm in the, I'm in the silver Tesla with two Boston Terriers, come get my dogs outside. I'm here right now, ping. Oh, Adam's here with Sophie and Baxter. Perfect, let's go outside. And then like we had set it up for some people where they would check in and after they checked in, it would like automatically show up on their phone to fill out an app or fill out a form saying like, you know, here's the dogs, this is what's up with them. Um, like why wouldn't every business on earth do that? But no one did it. Mm -hmm. So it's weird. Yeah, no, it is. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's amazing. All it takes is one catastrophic event to make, especially in SMB. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's no, there's no balance sheet. You know, there's no balance sheet risk. Usually people have what, six weeks of working capital, maybe. Maybe. I yeah. Don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, like it's not yeah. a lot. Uh, all right. So times are hot. What made you want to sell? The money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, well, I think for me, there was a couple parts of it. Um, you know, I, I think the group we got in with and some of the partnerships we that came out of that were great. I mean, we, we have some other industry partners that are going to make my life easier and it allows us to kind of put together a better go-to-market strategy as like a collective. And, and really, you know, like the thing I saw in vet med and beyond is everyone's trying to create the next super team. So I think for me, yeah, the money's nice, but it was also, I have two options right now. I either, I either join it or I fight it. And you know, after seven years, I I'm a fighter, but you don't, you, you didn't want, I don't want to fight anymore. I just wanted to go sit at the cool kids table and, and, and be part of something bigger. Plus, you know, I think when you're a startup, we have, you know, employees in the low thirties, we have some outsourcing, but you hit a point where you're just like, I think the scale of getting beyond that, you know, crossing through the four to 6 million ARR, which we're going to hit faster than I probably even realize. Um, that's the, it feels like the hardest part. Well, especially in services. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, like we're services with tech. Yeah. With tech. Yeah. We're services. We're like, and this is what I say to our employees. We are, the first 20% of our time with the customer is an agency. And then the next 80 is a lot of automation and SaaS. Mm -hmm. So, but we still have that agency component, that agency component, like that 20% of the business accounts for 99% of the headaches. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we have, we've had to figure that out. And I, and I was hoping that like selling would allow me to have partners who've done this and who've been, you know, been with similar companies and who've figured out things that, you know, I, you can only read so many books and listen to so many podcasts. And, you know, like, I know you like to read me stories at night before I'm going to sleep. I call you, I put when, when you're scared. Yeah. yeah. When I'm, I'm crying in bed. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, it just got to this point where I'm just like, you know, I could either be the big captain on this regular boat, or I can go be a very important person on a yacht. And I would rather be the important person on the yacht as opposed to the, Hey, captain on a decent sized boat. And 
the industry was consolidating at like stupid speed. Yeah. So that was the other thing too. It's, you know, like I said, it's, it, it got to a point where it was just like, like I said, you're either gonna, I'm backseat my man. If you're, if you're, if you're only listening to audio, my dog is jumping up and making out with <laughs> David Paul right now. Don't, don't talk about it. Yeah. I, I wish you all would have seen what he, what the dog was doing two minutes ago. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was just like, you know, you kind of see what's coming and you just think to yourself, like, you just kind of got to be ready for everything. So, you know, like I said, it was just, uh, A, you want to de-risk, you want to de-risk your life. You want to, you want to have something to say, Hey, the last seven years of startup life meant something. So that was important for me. Um, but B, it was also, you know, this makes my product better. Yeah. And I think when you're a bootstrap company. And even, even if you're, yeah, it sucks. And even if you're a non bootstrap company, a venture back company where you're, you're betting on a lot of organic growth, like that seven year, like timeline is what a founder has before, like all the toothpaste is out of the tube. Oh no. I mean, I'm, I'm literally at the, like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm there. And, uh, you know, it's funny. So the other day someone reached out to me to write a book. Um, I don't know. I'm not a good writer. I'm kind of a schmuck. I think it would be an interesting book. The funny thing is like you go online and you type in like how to bootstrap a company and there's a million books or like how to make your first hundred thousand ARR, how to get to your first 500,000, how to get to your first million. Yo, I got fucking almost 4 million bootstrapped. That is hard. That is, I took the hard road to get there. Um, that was, you know, I, I, I constantly say, I took years off my life to do that. And you sell and, you know, you hope five years from now, I'll add 20 years back because I'll be, you know, whatever, living in Maui or something, mm -hmm. hanging out at a waterfall all day, <laughs> eating key lime pie. God, I love key lime pie. <laughs> oh my God. Key lime pie is my, we had a key lime pie. Uh, man, I knew we were going to be like this in person. But <laughs> Dude, yeah. key lime pie is, I wish we could talk on the same mic and eat key lime pie together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a key lime pie uh, uh, bar at my wedding. Oh, yeah. yeah it's okay. like literally my favorite. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and we digress. Uh, there's only so much toothpaste in the tube after seven years. That's why I think these roll-up plays, like the, the from either private equity or strategics, they sound so enticing to founders, right? Because yeah. they're saying like, hey, you're going to be a part of something bigger, we're yeah. going to crush, right? Like we're going to cross sell, we're going to do all these things. You know, we're, we're, we're saying you're going to be part of our deal team. You know, we're going yeah. to identify companies. You're going to help us integrate and all that stuff. And that's a really great story as opposed to like, hey, keep selling websites and automation to veterinarians yeah. for yeah. the next part of your life. But there's also another part where I think there becomes like, and I think you're super smart, Adam, because there becomes a part where you know, like what would happen to Whisker Cloud in three years if you did not sell? Yeah, I mean, I mean do you it, think revenue would decline? Do you think the consolidation? Do you think like the corporate websites would take over, you know, and like they would rip you out? Do you think that uh, somebody would come into a, a consolidated play and, and start winning based on scale? Like, yeah, I mean, I think I think there were, you know, so like when you do websites and, we, and I talk about this a lot, so I, I'm battling a couple things. I'm battling competitors, which in my opinion, we don't really have any competitors who offer the quality we have. And when you look at sort of price to quality to offerings, we're just in a different class than everyone else. 
And if you're out there thinking I'm conceited, anyone who didn't think that way about their business is weird. Mm -hmm. So I just happen to be right. Um, But (laughs) so I have a couple things I have to fight. I have to fight these other schmucks, but B I have to fight Squarespace on the Brooklyn Nets jerseys every night. And, and I see Squarespace ads all the time, build your own website. Well, should a vet build their own website? No. Yeah. But the vet can't turn on their computer. No, no. I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they're just not techie people, so they're not going to build a website, but you know, are they going to look at it and say, you know, for 29 bucks, Squarespace has templates. I could probably figure this out and get something decent. It's not going to be great, but they could figure it out. So I'm, I'm fighting, um, you know, it's like, I was just talking to someone about photographers, professional photographer. Like, I don't know, man, if you're a professional photographer at this point with the iPhones and, mm-hmm. you know, and some of the apps that, you know, the editing apps, it's like, you know, I, I can take some pictures with my freaking iPhone and Photoshop them. And you'll think it's a $10,000 camera. I also have a $10,000 camera that takes pretty good photos too. But mm-hmm. like, if you're a professional photographer and you're like going to a wedding and you're like, want to charge 12 grand, those days are probably over. So, you know, I, I think for us, we needed to integrate with other products in the industry because we needed to have more offerings. I thought about that a lot. Like I did think like two, three years from now, like what the hell is going to be the landscape here? And I didn't know, but I also, I knew for us, like it was part of a land grab and and we've been pretty good at the land grab side of it. But yeah, at some point it's like we had these other people that built websites for vets and then they, and then I feel like whisker clouds were like just rocketed by them where we were like, no, Hey, fuck you your little template, you know, pick your skin, pick your shade of blue. That's out. We're done. You're a vet hospital. You do two and a half million dollars a year in revenue, grow up, have a professional website, have your fucking doctor. If they went to Ohio state showcase that they went to Ohio state, do this thing, um, and be a real business. And, and, and we gave that to them, but yeah, you never know what's around the corner. I mean, one thing I always say, this is like, Apple just did their big conference the other day. And there's like a running joke on Twitter every day. It's like, how many businesses are Apple going to kill today? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I remember there was a, there was a founder on Twitter that like went viral during Tim Cook's speech. And I don't even remember what the business was, but he was like, no, 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 I can't, you know, and basically like Apple released something that just put him out of business on the spot. <laughs> and it's like, what happens one day when Jeff Bezos is like, you know, here at Amazon web services, like, there's a lot of money in vet med and dental. Like, why don't we just make websites or, you know, why don't we make it easy? So you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to fight that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a time, there's a time to sell. And I know plenty of bootstrap founders that they're like, man, I should have took money or man, yeah. I should have sold. And they sell like when the growth is declining or flattening. And that yeah. is not a good look. No, I mean, I sold when I had added, you know, I had just added like a million and a half ARR in a pretty short period. So it was just like, I mean, and, and people were noticing and like, these aren't public numbers, but I mean, it was get. I mean, I, I actually was shocked. I had people sending me wine to the office. I had people dropping off gifts. Um, it was crazy. I almost, I mean, I almost took multiple other offers and I got pretty down the rabbit. I mean, it just got weird. It was in, for me, it was a lot of new stuff. Um, you know, I had one guy who says, I'll write you a check right now for $8 million. I'll come live by you. You'll train me for a year. I'll take over whisker cloud. You're done forever. And I'll tell you, I went to dinner with my wife that night. I'm like, he'd live with you like in your house. He said he would live like close oh. and I would train him. It was <laughs> honestly, that was weird. It was this dude. It was this dude and his dad had money. 
Um, and he was just like, you know, I, I love animals. I've been wanting to get into the vet space. I looked up Wish Cloud. You look cool. Like, it seems like you guys are growing quick. So I did a couple calls. We, you know, we signed NDAs. We talked. And, you know, I go to dinner one night with my wife. I'm like, you know, $8 million straight up. Like, and I'm gone in a year. And I just, you know, this dipshit has to come live by us. And I'll train him. Mm -hmm. You know, I was almost like, do I? But no, I, I didn't. Um, and you wanted a second bite at the apple you wanted a chance to work with some other people oh yeah yeah and again like i i i don't necessarily think i was ready to be done with whisker cloud i mean whisker cloud is the whole company is my personality we're bold we're direct we we're marketing experts we know what we're talking about we're not going to sit here and fucking like sugarcoat things too and i think that happens with a lot of people it's like you know we we kind of take on the persona of the founder you're sitting here in my home office right now where there's tens of thousands of all dollars of incredible hulk memorabilia you've seen it on camera but now that you're sitting here is it just as you imagine or is it crazier than you imagine it's a, it's a little little actually i'm a little disappointed by it Rats, no. yes. <laughs> i was gonna say it's more like a five to ten thousand dollar collection as opposed to a, a thirty to fifty thousand dollar collection yeah i'm definitely gonna i'm gonna step my game up tonight my <laughs> wife's gonna my wife's gonna come home and be like what did you say no this is honestly this is like one of the cooler things i've ever seen in my life it's the collection of collectibles you guys don't see it but no i mean but i mean what 40 50 pieces here of, of hulk memorabilia there's a lot. And it, again, though, it's like I've, I sort of embodied this character and this persona that I've had since I was a kid, you know, was abused, grew up with like really bad anger issues, found a way to channel that anger into like just a endless motor to grow the company, which has been really exciting and really Is cool. Is that like a redhead thing too? Because I was like a fucking super angry kid. It could be. Yeah, <laughs> it's, the, it's definitely the red beard thing. But no, I mean, yeah, I was like, I was, I mean, I dealt with like real anger issues. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't like, punching people and going to jail but yeah i mean i and even still the the funny thing is like my wife jokes that i'm basically larry david <laughs> everywhere i go stupid mm -hmm. shit happens right. all the time right. like all the time and and we're always like it only happens to me and it happens all the time like we'll be at a we'll be going out for ice cream and you know the you'll have like a little old lady in front of you and she'll do samples of like 30 different yeah. flavors you get and an argument with her yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> like guess what you needed to try vanilla you didn't know what vanilla tastes like just get yeah. the here you're not buying a house yeah oh. you know? <laughs> like let's make or as, as my wife likes it we will all be like I will pay for your ice cream if you just get you pick it. I will pay for it. <laughs> just go. <laughs> yeah. I get so frustrated with people not making a decision at the ice cream counter. Well, it's just like everywhere. People are just like that's why I asked that question because I always I think I come off. It's weird. I think people like me because they're like, yeah, that's what we're thinking, but we feel weird saying it. And then I go into meetings with private equity people and I just say it, and they're kind of like, shit, he's mm -hmm. right, but shut the fuck up man <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> then after the meeting everyone's like thanks for saying that I'm like, oh, gotcha. yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for saying what i wanted yeah I'll, I'll wear that crown for mm -hmm. you but yeah man it's uh it's weird so what's going on in the veterinary world today Ooh, the veterinary world today there's a lot of money and there's a lot of consolidation and 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 i think that you're sort of there's a battle right now it is a land grab for tech companies in vet med, and it is a land grab for consolidators. And you know, if you're a, if you're not 
corporate, if you're not, you know, you've got the Banfields who's owned by PetSmart and you've got Thrive who's owned by Petco and you've got the VCAs of it's the It's the world. dumbest fucking name for Consolidator, Thrive. Oh yeah, Thrive, well it's like YV or something, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. even worse. Yeah, yeah. And, and it sounds like you're just making it sound correct. <laughs> but like. Yeah, it sounds like a boner pill. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's like there's consolidation everywhere from the tech companies. And then like, you know, I'll tell you this. It's like, I know right now, if I went and bought a vet hospital down the road, dude, I'd kill it mm -hmm. because I would, I would say, I'm going to spend 5,000 a month. I'm going to own every keyword and I'm going to destroy everyone. But I think most veterinarians, like this is what's been interesting about veterinarians because I didn't work with them before this really smart people really good kind people mm -hmm. there is like these like there's like these issues in veterinary medicine about being toxic about i mean it's got like the number one suicide rate yeah yeah it's it's crazy and and they're they don't think from a business sense and it and it's really hard for them to like some a vet said to me recently, like, we'll step over a dollar to pick up a dime. And I think that's absolutely true. And it's like the conversations I have with vets, and I think this is what's made Wish Cloud successful, is because I've been willing to have this conversation 10,000 times. And I'm still willing to today. Next week, I have multiple conversations with multiple vets where I'm going to talk about these things. But, you know, we just kind of talk about, um, we kind of talk about like Banfields down the street they're not fucking around. They're going to spend a hundred dollars a day in ads and they're going to kick your ass and they're going right, to offer. And they're willing to lose money. They're, yeah. They're going to lose money. Cause you had to, I, you know, like I call, I tell them it's the Costco chicken. Costco, their number one seller is a rotisserie chicken. The rotisserie chicken's $5, but guess what? We're going to make you walk through the whole fucking store mm -hmm. and we're going to put it in the middle of our top selling products and we'll double dare you to walk in here and only walk out with this $5 chicken. I right. triple fucking dare you. And that, that, that $5 chicken was a normal chicken that was about to go bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like that was so about to like, be waste. Yeah. <laughs> and they just cooked it. Yeah. So, but like, it looks so delicious. <laughs> Actually, that's where that was heading. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, if you're if you're pet smart, it's like, hey, you know, you're gonna walk through it. Oh yeah, get that food, get those treats, get that shit. Oh yeah, you get the flea and tick medicine over there. Oh, will you adopt a cat while you're here too? Perfect. You're adopting the cat. Great. We want to see them next week for an appointment. So if like you're a regular vet hospital, you better figure your shit out. Like you need to have a website, you need to have a reminder app, you need to have online booking, you need to have ads running. Like you have to do that. But the interesting thing is like for us, for a lot of vets, we don't lose a lot of deals. I mean, if you find your way to Whisk Club, which a lot of people do, we in fact, like in the last 90 days, the amount of deals we've closed is unbelievable. If you would have told me we closed as many deals in the last, you know, 90 days a year ago, I would have said oh, would we triple the team? Um, but it's also from us just saying like this is the reality. This is your hospital. This is what's around you. You have a Banfield 1.2 miles away. You have a VCA down the street. These are the ads they're running. We're showing you this right now. They're running ads. You better, you better start getting your shit together because they're cold. They're going to come rip your heart out and they're not going to think twice about it because they don't give a shit about you. Mm -hmm. And I still think, I still think, you know, vets, you can be the family vet down the street, but you also have to think from a business sense. And, you know, it's like, I, I caught some shit. We have a podcast that goes out to the vet world and I caught some shit saying like, why do you have four receptionists? How much do you pay them? You come to us and you say, well, I don't want to, you know, I can do this, this, and this for a couple hundred bucks. I don't know. But you pay receptionists $10 or $400 a week, plus benefits if you have them, plus PTO, plus the other bullshit that comes from, you know, having employees. It's like, what do you spend per week or per month? 
for to have the fourth receptionist. Mm -hmm. Does that person bring the value? And by the way, why do we need a receptionist all the time? You can have a website where people can fill out a form online, book an appointment through a, you know, a booking widget. Like, what are we doing here? Do you, mm -hmm. Why do we want to be on the phone? Nobody wants to be on the phone. I don't ever, like, even when we order food and shit, like, I don't want to go, I'm not, like, calling them, like, you know, the, uh, you know, burrito with this on the side. No, I just want to go online, order it, and yeah, have tell it. Tell me about your practice. It doesn't yeah. happen. No, no. And what am I supposed to do? Hi. You know, it's like, I went to a different vet briefly. And I'm, uh, you know, and, I, and they were like, can we do the new client form over the phone? And I said, sure. And they're like, okay, pet's name, Baxter, breed. Uh, you know, he's a Boston Terrier, he's a canine. How old is he? And she asked me 40 questions. I mean, I was on the phone for 30 minutes and I, and I was like, so I have another dog. She's like, we'll do this again. I'm like, I said, you're going to sit on the phone with me for an hour? <laughs> like right now? She was like, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do this. Right. I will type this. And then it's funny too, because I'd be like, What's the name? Baxter B A X. You like hear over the phone? I'm like, shut up. Just like, yeah. But I'm also don't want to sit there and like, yeah. I, I went to a new dentist a couple months ago too. You walk up, there's a sign on the door that's like, you know, we're practicing safe distances for COVID. Wear a mask. Don't do this. Stay six feet away. So I get into the waiting room. There's like two chairs. There's there's three people standing in there, and they're like, fill this out. Okay, you got this thing on the door, wear a mask, be six feet apart, but also sit here next to two other people in this small room and fucking fill out seven pages of stuff. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no bueno. No, I don't want to. I'm going to the dentist. Do I want to do that? My hand's going to hurt. My mouth's going to hurt. Yeah, and I think with the, the the mom and pop veterinarians, I mean, they're they're used to getting their lunch eaten. I mean, yeah. they, you know, their, their, their food is being taken away by the pet smarts and the Amazons yeah, and yeah. the recurring stuff. Vets first choice is taking the meds, yeah. 1 800 pet meds. I mean, they're losing margin hand over fist. So yeah. it's, it's time to give them some tools. They need the tools, but they also, it just has to be a mentality thing. But I mean, I don't think this is just like vet med, man. I think this is like every business, you know, it's like whether you're selling a piece of software, um, anything, you just kind of have to, kind of just have to like nut up sometimes and just figure out like what it is you got to do and just go handle your shit. And, and, you know, for vet med, it's, it's, it's going to be more about like, Hey, I'm not going to survive spending $300 a month on a website and ads. Like I'm going to have to have a lot more, um, you know, you have to do some of those things. So, yeah. Uh, Adam, couple canned questions before we wrap up today. What is your favorite book? Oh God, you're such a investor guy. Totally. Oh, what's your favorite book? Yeah. Best piece of business advice. Which yeah. is your next question. Yeah. Okay. Well, my favorite book is probably, there was a book years ago by Charles Duhigg called The Power of Habit. Mm -hmm. um, I read that when I was dealing with some like anger issues, figure out like what the fuck my triggers were. Like what was just, what was pissing me off? Um, they're all still there. I just know what they are now. Right. Exactly. I didn't go away. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, no, I mean, I kind of, it kind of helped me realize like how to kind of like channel that. So, you know, Power Habit by Charles Duhigg was cool. Um, just a good book. Kind of talks about like the habits we all have, both, you know, whether you're a person or a business. I'm really big on building good habits at my business and making sure my team has, you know, they think of things the right way. So, yeah. Probably that book. Best piece of business advice. Oh, God. My best piece of business advice is I have so many. I'm very, very philosophical. 
you know this is advice you've given yourself yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) well i mean i think for me it's like you know bootstrapping to that was hard but i also would look in the mirror i mean on the toughest days i'd I'd look in the mirror and just be like listen dude what the fuck do you want to do you want to be you want to be retired young you want to be 70 and working and you're gonna have to figure that out and and i and i have this vision for me like you're at my house i live three tenths of the mile from the ocean i'm living in southern california my life's fucking great like I had to kill myself to get this life. And, and, and I've talked to a lot of friends and family are like, man, you're so lucky. And I'm always like, I'm not fucking lucky. This was, this was work your ass. Yeah. I mean, I took years off my life to do this and, and, you know, and yes, we sold and yes, hopefully life will be great and I'll get to go to Paris and hang out on the Amalfi coast. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I had to make the decision really young that early in the company where it was just like, how seriously am I going to take this? And, you know, like I'm tired, but you know, I'm tired. Why? I don't want to be tired and work when I'm 65. So I think for me, it was just, it kept coming back to, I don't even know if it's like a, like a one liner piece of advice, but for me, it was just more or less just like, I don't want to be fucking 50 and grinding. I don't want to be 45 and grinding. I don't want, I mean, I'm 35. I, I want to be, I want to be 40 and I want to be like on a boat done. And, and five years ago, that wasn't going to happen. And, now it's going to happen. But I also, I had to, you know, my wife, who's amazing, who I'm expecting to like show up and walk through at any second, can't but like, wait. yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> She's got, she, I know her, she'd walk up and she'd be like, he's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what she's gone through when I met her, I had just started as the third employee at, at a company called Havenly, which is a cool company. Um, and, and then, you know, like maybe three, four months into dating her, I'm like, Hey, these two dipshits are making all this money. I'm just going to go do the same thing. And she's like, Oh, you're going to quit your job. And I'm like, yeah. And, and she just moved in and she's like, Oh, this seems weird. And I was like, just trust me, we got this. Um, and then, you know, even that that's a successful business with seven figures in revenue after a year. And I was like, I'm bored. She was like, are you nuts? Is this what my life is going to be like with you? I'm like, I said, and I mean, I used to tell her, I said, you just trust me. And in five years, look at our life. So, you know, you go back to the day I said that the day I said that we lived in a one bedroom apartment in Denver tech center in Denver. And it was a cool little apartment and we had a little Creek by us and we lived a cool little life and we were kind of figuring shit out. It's like five years later, we have a nice house by the beach in Newport beach. And, you know, we live a good life. We travel, we just went to Cabo and it, it like, you, well, you know this. You you had a really nice watch on. You you pulled you, up. You noticed that. Yeah, you pulled yeah. up in the Maserati. Your shoes have diamonds <laughs> in them, which is what really caught me off guard. He put his wallet down on my desk, and it like made a thud. There yeah. was like stacks of hundreds in it. <laughs> it was but, intentional. Yeah, it was filled with Bitcoin. That, that, that was a power move, by <laughs> yeah. the way. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I think a lot of people. I think people feel weird saying that shit, but it's not even weird to say that shit. Like you want to have you want to have cool shit. So anyway. So that's, that's the life I wanted to live. Cool, man. Yeah. Thank you so much, Adam. We're going to definitely have you on again. Everybody, this is the Capital Stack, where we talk to entrepreneurs, founders, and operators about all things value creation. If you like the podcast, please like it, subscribe it, leave some comments, uh, cancel me, like do whatever you want. Just engage. Yeah. Uh, follow him on Instagram. Yeah. IG, David Paul VC or Twitter. Same thing. And LinkedIn. Do you know, I was named one of the top 50 people in tech to follow on Twitter at really? one point. Yeah. So at Green Bombly, go follow me if you like. I don't know. I, I, I post a lot of stupid sappy shit, but maybe it'll inspire someone. All right. All yeah. Right. All right. I like it. 
verticalized solutions for vertical industries that are booming, man. The, the riches are in the niches. Everyone, thanks, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Capital Stack Podcast. Make sure to share this with someone you know that can benefit from this content. Remember to support this show by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. David Paul is the founder and general partner at DWP Capital. All opinions expressed by David and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of DWP Capital. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. David and guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed on this podcast.